Alright, what up everybody? Week 9 recap, uh, the inaugural recap podcast of the 2021 season. Um, for those that have been with us for a while, I know that, uh, or you know, that Michael and I used to do this every Monday. A nice unfiltered rant on the slate. I'll keep it a lot more brief than we did last year because uh, without Michael, this show is nothing. So it'll probably just be my boring ass voice ranting about what went right and what went wrong on the week nine slate. But first of all, we love you guys. So many screenshots in discord this week, everybody crushed it. It seemed like, but you know, to be clear, obviously some of our lineups sucked. Some of my lineups sucked. Some of my lineups are amazing. That's just kind of how it goes. But um, looking at the GPP article that I wrote, you know, starting off the bat, what went right, what went wrong right there. And the, at the top of the article games, I'm most interested in getting exposure to, Right there at the top, baby, the Chargers at Philly. That game went high in pace despite Sirianni committing to like 23 out of 25 run plays, I think, at one point, which personally is how I would play the Chargers if I were a coordinator because they cannot stop the run. Problem for Philly is they really don't have a running back. Sorry, Boston Scott. Sorry, Jordan Howard. You're a goal linebacker. And uh, Gainwell, I don't know. Apparently, Sirianni doesn't like you anymore. Now that Miles Sanders got hurt, you were too productive early in the passing game, and now you don't get targets. So I don't know what the hell's going on there. But uh, next game, Minnesota-Baltimore, not really uncovering much there. That game went absolutely nuts. And, you know, cash games, we all rode Lamar. I think that was the easiest decision in the world is just to eat the chalk on Lamar, had the highest upside on the slate. And that game went absolutely crazy. The, the funny thing was, and I wrote about it, is how the hell did nobody want to play anybody from Minnesota? With uh, Lamar being super heavy chalk and uh, Hollywood Brown was actually pretty high in ownership. Bateman came in at like 15% owned in some GPPs that I saw. So um, to me, that's the public kind of being not too sharp, in my opinion, to not run it back with anybody from Minnesota, unless they just thought that Baltimore was going to run wild, which certainly could have been the case. But the spread was only six and a half. So um, uh, well under, you know, a two score game well under and not well under, but half a point under a full touchdown on that spread. So I, I don't know why nobody liked anybody from Minnesota. I think I personally wrote up Justin Jefferson, um, gave mention to Adam Thielen as well, both on the, on the live stream. Uh, Thielen really didn't do anything for us, which is pretty surprising because he's kind of a, a man coverage killer in my opinion, but Jefferson, obviously the guy that we always want to play if we can afford him, perfect run back. So if you played Lamar, you played Hollywood Brown. I, again, if you're playing a quarterback, Lamar, you could play him naked. We all know that. But if you're playing a quarterback, stack him with his number one wide receiver if you're not running him naked. I saw some people out there play Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders stacks, and uh, you know Her- uh, Justin Herbert and Mike Williams stacks. If you listen to us or if you read anything or if you look at some websites that have snap shares, target shares, all that, like you got to play the number one wide receiver. I know Mike Williams was the leading fantasy point scorer for this Chargers offense for quite some time. Um, on the w- receiver side of things, I don't know if he's got more points than Eckler. Don't have that in front of me, but whatever. You you get what I'm saying. Keenan Allen's got like a 30% target share lately, or 27, 28%. And uh, Mike Williams' knees a little bit banged up. Keenan Allen was cheaper. And every single piece of news that I put out there was how all in on Keenan Allen I am. You know, I love picking on Avante Maddox in the middle of that Philly uh, secondary there. So if you played Herbert, you got to stack him with Keenan Allen until further notice, especially when he's cheaper than Mike Williams. And Mike Williams hasn't really had any production for the last month. So that's my rant on stacking with a quarterback. Don't get cute. Play the number one wide receiver. If you're playing Burrow, you play Jamar Chase. Like, that's what you do, because especially Burrow, not a, a dual threat quarterback. So you want to stack Burrow if you're playing him. 
moving on. Um, Green Bay and Kansas City was also a game that I talked about that I liked um, to stack up a little bit. That game didn't do anything. Kansas City's offense did not come out firing like I thought they would. A little bit of bounce back for Kelsey, but still not really worth the 7K price tag that he was at this week. And then Houston-Miami was the fourth game I put in the GPP article here. That game just sucked, so whatever. But uh, Jalen Model had some value. But if you listen to the live stream, we kind of got off that game as soon as we heard that two was out. I know Brissett's kind of a, a plug-and-play, very similar to Tua. They're both not very good, but they still throw to the same guys, Waddle, Jacecki, and uh, Miles Gaskin. I don't think really anybody else got too many targets. I did not study that box score yet. It is only Monday, for the record, so I get most of my post-week work done early on in the week, and then I start going into Week 10 here on Wednesday and Thursday once the projections go up on the website. But... Uh, Justin Herbert, number one uh, GPP quarterback that I wrote up there. Obviously, he absolutely smashed key pairing. First guy I put on there, Keenan Allen. Like, come on, guys. If you play the quarterback, play the number one wide out. That is Keenan Allen on that team. Mentioned the runbacks, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, Kenneth, Gain, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, Goddard, I think he had like a 30-yard catch on the first drive, 28 yards, whatever it was. Didn't really do much after that, but at once we, uh, <laughs> my hungover rests, uh, learned that Devante or Asante Samuel Jr. was out on the live stream. Shout out to Ghost. Thank you for that piece of information. I swear I read on Saturday that he was uh, cleared concussion protocol. He did not. That blew up the projection for Devonta Smith. And um, we obviously mentioned that on the live stream. So if you played Devonta Smith as a run back, Absolutely love it because our game script was in justifying the Herbert play is if they do go nuts and we thought they would, they ate him out of the project. Justin Herbert for the most passing yards. I'm assuming he led the slate in passing yards again. Haven't done my recap study yet either, um, but we're projecting that Herbert goes nuts. And on the run back, who benefits in that game script if the Chargers were to go nuts? So for Herbert, for when you're building the GPP lineup, in my opinion, again, other people I'm sure have different theories on this, but I'm playing to win. You know, obviously we're not going to win GPPs all the time. We we would love to just cash them, but I, I build my lineup to win. So Herbert, when I saw the 4% owned projection tag and he was so damn high on the model, I was like, all right, that's my guy this week. That is where I'm going in GPPs. And how does Herbert have a ceiling game? Well, he passes, uh, you know, the shit out of the ball. They score a ton. Obviously, I want Keenan Allen in that lineup. I don't need to talk about him there. You'd certainly play Eckler. I had plenty of lineups where I had Eckler and Keenan and Herbert. My main lineup did not because I couldn't afford Eckler. He was so damn expensive. But if they have a ceiling game, who benefits the most in the Philly offense? Because they're not just going to lay down and take a 30-point ass beating. They're going to play football, and they're going to try to score. That is Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. Devonta Smith being the number one target in that offense. I think Dallas Goddard has a 2 or 3% higher target share. But Devonta Smith is clearly you know the guy they drafted in the first round their best wide out, that is a guy that really um, has a positive game script if they're getting their ass beat because they got to play from behind they got to throw. They weren't ever getting their ass beat. It was just a back-and-forth game, but Devonta Smith put on a show. So if you had that pairing of Herbert, Keenan, and Devonta Smith, guaranteed you cashed. Whether or not you won a GPP, irrelevant. There's a lot that needs to go right to go um, to win a GPP, but I'm sure you got through the pay line. Then Patrick Mahomes is the only other quarterback I wrote up on. I don't know. I put Tyrod Taylor. We talked about both those guys um, earlier in the game recap. They kind of just sucked. Then honorable mention to Kirk Cousins. He had a hell of a day again. If everybody loves Baltimore, 
and they're going to, you know, if the public thinks they're going to score 40 points, who the hell benefits? That's the other quarterback and the other wide receivers because they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. And Kirk Cousins had a, a really good day. Justin Jefferson had a really good day. And my running backs and the GPP side, not very good there. I went with uh, Zeke Elliott. I know that wasn't a GPP play by any means, but if you read the article, it's just saying I was all in on Zeke. Didn't end up working out, but I still found a way to have a hell of a week. And most of you guys with the screenshots and Discord seem to have Zeke and still crush it. So let's go. Uh, Delvin Cook was also the other guy. Again, same reason. If everybody loves uh, Lamar Jackson and just this Baltimore offense in general, Delvin Cook's going to touch the ball 20 plus times. I think he only got 17 or 18 carries, but um, always active in the passing game as well. If that game goes back and forth, there's no one that has more touchdown equity on that on both sides of the ball than Delvin cook. So he just didn't get a touchdown, but he did have a really good day, really big long run there. That shows you why we love Delvin cook and why he's priced up so high. Um, Wide receivers uh, kind of, I would, I don't know if I want to say I nailed it, but the top two out of three were Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen. Then the other one was Jerry Judy. Judy, I think had a decent game, 13 or 14 points, nothing crazy there. Um, But again, with how, popular Zeke was and everybody's game script was Dallas is going to run him out of the field. So why did nobody want to play Jerry Judy? And Tim Patrick was actually the guy that had the hell of a game. Um, but hindsight is 2020. I would have never played Tim Patrick anyway. So again, if Judy didn't go for 30, that's fine. I could make peace with that, but a very big uh, back and forth core of my laps were Zeke Elliott running it back with Jerry Judy at like 5% ownership. So um, I could sleep with that. And then my honorable mention was just McCole Hardman. I had him everywhere. Like I told you guys, if I didn't have Hardman, I had Nico Collins. Cause again, I was expecting more in that Houston Miami game. But if I'm locking in Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert and Zeke Elliott, I can't just write an article of seven K wide receivers that are going to crush it or five K wide receivers. You needed some value. And those were the two guys that I liked the most were McCole Hardman and Nico Collins. If you go to the projections on windailysports.com let's see who was the leading value wide receiver pre-match it was rondell moore and then number two was mccall hardman so i needed some value i could not afford rondell moore in my main lineup at 4200 which i could have but he didn't do much anyway but i would have felt a lot better uh i'm going to rondell more with no d hop than i would of a healthy kansas city team and mccall hardman as a lot as much as i love hardman you guys know that but um, and then it was T Higgins, 5,300. So again, didn't really get me to a value spot that I needed to go to Hunter Renfro, really good game, Amari Cooper. Um, but going down, it's like when I was building my last, like I need value in the three K range. And the only guys that show up, um, without scrolling down these projections and getting really to a wasteland was McCall Hardman and Nico Collins. So if you're ever asking like, why am I putting these guys in the article? Because they're not killers. You know, McCall Harbin's rarely ever going to go for 15 plus points. And probably same with Nico Collins, even though I do believe in this guy. I think he is going to have a very bright future in the NFL. Um, but like reading it in a GPP article, like why is this guy recommending people that can get nine or 10 points? And that's probably their, you know, close to their ceiling. It's because I just want to be transparent. Um, if you read my article, I'm pretty much telling you I am playing Justin Herbert. I am playing Zeke Elliott. I'm playing Nick Chubb if you listen to the live stream and read the cash article and I'm playing Keenan Allen. So how the hell could I afford all these guys if I just tell you, you know, GPP plays? It doesn't make any sense. A lot of websites do that. Don't want to bash on them. They just tell you a bunch of stud players. All right. Have fun building a fucking lineup with that. Pardon my language. This is the unfiltered Monday show. So if there's kids in the car or something. If you're listening to this on the way to work, I apologize. 
Um, don't talk like me. It's a bad habit, but uh, we love football. We get fired up. So the hell with it. Um, so that's it. That's kind of like my clarity to give you a little more angles on my writing. I just don't want to tell you guys great plays and tell you, you know, good luck building the lineup because you can't, no one can fucking do that. So I want to give you guys that make it all piece together. And if McCole Harmon does anything, I probably break DraftKings uh, last week. Still had a great week, but again, you know, it's a bummer when the value guys don't pan out. But one note for me is I never like to have multiple 3K guys in a lineup. I saw so many screenshots of really good lineups and guys cashing in Discord, but they had Quez Watkins and Nico Collins in a lineup or McCole Harmon and Nico Collins. Like, the, like I said earlier, the floor of these guys is like five or six points. You can't have that much fat in the lineup. I prefer no fat. But the way the projections shook out, and these aren't just computer automated projections. I, I'm not a guy to just say, all right, computer, what is my best lineup with projections? I need to tell a story, but I also back them up by my handmade projections that go into watching the games, watching film, and looking into matchups and reading all the Vegas data that we possibly can, projecting game scripts, running a ceiling projection for these guys, running a medium game of just their averages, and then running a low floor. That all goes into our projections, and that's what pushes out. It's not like a, an average of all three of those. It's kind of a based on the Vegas script, this is what is likely to happen. And I'll stand by these projections any day because I don't think anybody gets, you know, can come close to that much manual and educated effort going into projections that I know of, at least. Uh, tight ends, Travis Kelsey, not much there. He did have a decent game, but 7K price tag, like he didn't break the slate by any means. If you fade him, you did just fine. Dallas Goddard, again, not a core play for me by any means, but I needed a Philly run back, so that's why I went to Bonta Smith or Dallas Goddard. Darren Waller, I never got to him in my lineups, and I talked about it on the live stream. You can't play everybody. Uh, he just never fit in my lineup. Again, I talked about my core, too damn expensive. I couldn't go there. But the one thing I wasn't doing in my main GPP lineup, whether it was good or bad, I had good lineups with Alberto. I just was not playing Alberto in my main GPP lineup because I can't get behind a 40% owned tight end at mid price, especially when my whole angle here was to fade that chalk to go to Jerry Judy. Again, Judy didn't have a huge game, but man, if half that production to Tim Patrick goes to Jerry Judy, we're swimming in cash by fading Alberto and moving to Jerry Judy on the other side of our Zeke builds. Again, Zeke didn't do anything, but the theory, the process, week after week, you do stuff like this, it's going to work out in your favor. Um, Mike Jacecki, another tight end on there, and then Tyler Conklin. Again, Conklin, why'd I put him in there? Well, uh, Baltimore has struggled against the tight end, so I don't want to just go off of DraftKings big. Hey, it's green. Like You go in there, you look at DVOA. Um, what are they actually in DVOA against a tight end? It's got to be bad every time they can't tackle. Um, they are 22nd in DVOA against the tight end. So not horrible, but, you know, not great. And again, if Lamar's blowing up the world. I want pass catchers on the other side. And Tyler Conklin was 3K. And again, it was just a little pivot off of Alberto. I think he ended up outscoring Alberto. So kind of a good pivot, whatever. But he didn't break the slate either. And guy like Tyler Conklin is not going to break the slate. So, again, it's just ways to get value, ways to get a little bit different. So, already taking some water here, and that is kind of uh, a recap of my article. But let's get into the fun part of this. I got four lineups here from Discord. Uh, just want to review them a little bit, good or bad. I think we have two winners and two losses, uh, two losing lineups in here. So, that's great. Some people crushed it. Some people didn't. And I just want to understand, you know, where were we at on these builds? Um, let's start with Ron Rapture. Absolutely love Ron. Very active guy. 
in discord really good builder and we appreciate everybody's effort and everybody's willingness to hopefully get better hopefully i provide some value here but his cash lineup lamar boom right from the article and they we weren't uncovering anything the whole world was on lamar but again number one projected quarterback in our model best matchup on the field and a dude that can run for 100 yards as he did and get that 100 yard bonus on DraftKings that they give out for three points which kind of sucks because I had Booker. So did Ron, too. But, uh, yeah, so Booker's at 102 yards. <laughs> Runs one for minus three and hurts his hip. So we lose 3.4 points uh, effectively. Just a big swing there. Um, then you had Zeke Elliott again with the ownership. It didn't matter. And it was, you know, just the game script got wild. And he was banged out that whole game. Nothing you could do about that. But this uh, lineup did cash at 149 points. So hell of a job, Ron. Really good line, but I love the play of Devontae Booker. You're one of the few that actually read the article and, and took it because I did not see a lot of lineups with Devontae Booker, and I couldn't have been more clear on the live stream. And I'm going to be wrong on the live stream too, so don't ever think that I'm just saying, hey, play what I say. Like, fuck me. Do what you know your gut trusts, and hopefully you look at our projections and you kind of build a, a story on what your lineup is and you find a way to justify your lineup by all means. We're going to be different some weeks. It just happens. Like, you know, like I'm going to continue to play Nico Collins. It's just a bad vice that I have, and I probably won't quit that. But love the Devonta Booker playing cash. I don't know how he was 12% owned in single entry uh, double ups. Makes no sense to me. The dude was under 6K and a lock for 18 touches. You go through the 6K range here. Let's see what it was. Um, bear with me here. Running backs. We're going to sort by salary high to low. Let's go to 6K. Damian Harris at 6K. I don't know if that dude, uh, he had 20 touches last week, I think, actually. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. 23 carries at the Chargers. But again, that is against the Chargers defense. The dude has hit 18 plus touches three times this year. And let's check Booker just to make sure that this is actually as good as I think. Booker yesterday had 24 touches. A week before that, 20 touches. A week before that, 17 touches. A week before that, 16 touches. A week before that, 19 touches. So again, like you know what was going to happen with Devonta Booker. The guy was just criminally underpriced. A good matchup against the Vegas run D, as you saw in the article, but you got to take that value at the running back position and a guy that's active in the passing game. So it makes perfect sense on DraftKings. Love that you went to Booker, Ron. He was in my my core five or fab five, whatever you want to call it, on the live stream. Glad you stuck to that. Keenan Allen, we all rode him. So let's go. He was 9% only cash. Um, then T. Higgins and Renfro, great plays, man. I love it. You got your top-end wide receiver of Keenan Allen. So you always want a top-end guy in cash, in my opinion. You don't just want to ride the middle of the – of the salary cap and, and just play guys like T Higgins Renfro. And then, you know, I don't know, a Darnell Mooney on another slate, like a guy that's just going to be four 4,600 to 5,300 range. You don't, I personally never want three guys like that unless there's injuries justifying these guys. And they're jumping up to like a number one wideout spot. But Ron's build here has Keenan Allen. So he touches that number one wide receiver spot. Beautiful. And then if you look at the model again, go to the wide receiver and find some value. Top value guys, T. Higgins, Hunter Renfro, right there with Rondell Moore, who we were never going to play in cash. And Hardman, we were not going to go that low in cash because, again, the floor is too low. So you got you go to guys with an actual good projection of like, you know, 13 to 15 point range and boom, T. Higgins, Hunter Renfro right there on the model. Ron, great build there. You take the Alberto punt. On tight end and eat the 40% ownership because it doesn't matter what he does at that point. Love that. And then you used Eckler, who was very popular. I think he is 40% owned. Didn't do anything either. 
but didn't matter if all the field has it. You got different with two guys, and they both smashed for you. I'm not going to say Booker smashed, but he should have because they should have that three-point bonus. But you got different with Devontae Booker at 12% and Keenan Allen at 9% in your tournament in cash. The rest, you just ate the chalk and ate the value, and I fucking love that in cash. Sorry again for cursing. I'm getting fired up. Love this stuff, but great build run. 149 points a winner. You ate the KC chalk at 40% owned in cash as well. Beautiful for uh, defense. You don't need to get creative at defense. And it's never going to, very rarely, I should say, is the defense going to be 40% owned in a tournament but or for a week. And the weeks it does, just just take it. Take the value because it gave you Booker. It gave you Keenan Allen. And those two guys alone got you a little bit different from the field. And boom, you went off. GPP lineup here for CWW. Uh, I think one of the newer guys in Discord, at least, are kind of quiet. I haven't heard from him before, but dude, what a lineup. 189 points. I love it. And you went Herbie, you went Keenan, boom, boom, and you ran it back with Devonta Smith. The aggregate ownership on those three guys is 10%. 3% owned Herbie in that one, 7% owned Keenan, and 2% owned. Devonta Smith, or 12%. Check my math there earlier. Then you went with Nick Chubb, a core play for us here. And, uh, dude, and he was popular, but for great means, it was, uh, or for great measure, it was a very good, I don't know if that's a phrase either, God damn it. But uh, Chubb was a core play for us and very popular in DFS. You took that chalk there because you got different in so many ways. Herbie was different. Keenan was different. Devonta Smith was unowned. So, yeah, absolutely. You don't need to get crazy contrarian on your whole build. Get different in a couple spots and get after it. And so you ate the chub chalk because let's check his projection. It was crazy high this week for us. He was the a top five overall back in a 2.6 total value, which is really good. We want to find guys that show up as the value of 2.5 or higher. Most times um, if they go less than that, they usually don't make my player pool. Um, the only exception this week was Alvin Kamara at 2.49 uh, projection value there. And Austin Eckler at 2.44. Other than that, I didn't touch any running back that was under 2.5 total value. And Mixon was. And you played Joe Mixon. So you went back and forth with running backs, Chubb and Mixon usually. Um, That's tough for both those guys that have ceiling games without touchdown equity. But boom, you got the red zone variance. You got Mixon in the box twice. And he caught some passes. So it's not like Joe Mixon negatively correlates with a Nick Chubb that's going off and Cleveland's running away with it because Joe Mixon catches a lot of passes. So I like that play. Um, I don't know. I just took him out of my player pool when I saw the total value and I look at Cleveland and their run defense. And I think they're like number three or number two in DVOA against running back. So to me, it's like, I just wanted Jamar Chase or I wanted T Higgins as a run back guys that in my opinion, generate a really good game script when their opponent's kicking their ass because that was my thoughts on Nick Chubb. I was like, I think they run wild. I took, um, the Browns to cover as well. I just really like that that game for uh, the Browns that with uh, all of their offensive linemen healthy. Jan Cochran's back too. Just you see how good that team really is. But um, then you ran it back with also Dallas Goddard. So you have Herbie, Keenan, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Absolutely love that man. Goddard didn't do much, but it fits your narrative and your game script really well. Um, he still had like eight or nine points, whatever the case may be. And then the only issue I have was a random Russell Gage at 4,900. Ended up having 13.4 points, so pretty good day there. And then a random Emmanuel Sanders at 5,600 in the slot or in the flex position. I don't get the Emmanuel Sanders play, even if he has a big day. 
They're 15 point favorites. He's not a number one wide receiver. He's damn near not even a value wide receiver at 5,600. So um, my only critique here would dude find a way for Devonta Booker because the floor on Russell Gage and Emmanuel Sanders is so damn low. And that goes back to what I said a couple minutes ago of like just having one punt play like that. Um, yeah, and that's that that'd be my mental take on this lineup. I'd look at it if I built this, I'd be like, okay, what is my path to failure? And it's like, okay, well, Russell Gage could get me two points. That's very reasonable. That could happen. That's happened most this year. And then Emmanuel Sanders could go for, you know, zero points a week ago. And it's same game script. They're a big time favorite. I know we got had a pretty good day, and that game script was not what anybody expected, but I'd look at it, be Herbie, love it. Mixon, really good floor. Guy that gets 15-plus touches a game, if not 20. Uh, Chubb, core play for us. Keenan Allen, core play. And the number one wide receiver for my quarterback. Love that stack. And my runbacks, Devonta Smith, got her. Boom. Love all that. Then I look at it. It's like, all right, how does it fail? Well, Russell Gage could get you know two points again. Emmanuel Sanders could get five points. That's seven points combined. They ended up doing better than that, so... Your lineup absolutely crushed it. I don't want to shit on you here by any means. Awesome lineup, but I would have just tried to find a way to get to a guy that's guaranteed floor of like 15 points, and that is Devontae Booker. I would have loved for him to be in the flex in this lineup. And then you move Gage down to like Christian Kirk or something like that with the, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins out, and you would hit the damn nuts. You probably, you know, compete for the millionaire maker with that lineup. I know James Conner probably had to be in it. And you could afford him too, but we we're never going to play James Conner. Let's not, you know, let's be reasonable here. Guys that we were on were certainly Devontae Booker. And then Christian Kirk had a really good value as well in our projections, but I didn't play Kirk. So again, don't blame me there. Um, but I would just get you off Russell Gage somehow, some way, um, even though he had a good day. But that's how I would look at that. If I built that lineup pre, pre-kickoff on Sunday, I would have just been like, okay, Gage and Sanders together. Two low of floors. We got to change that and get, you know, maybe move to Hartman. He didn't do anything, but then that upgrade Sanders to really anybody above 6K that you could have wanted, but I just would have made it a priority for Devontae Booker. I'm sorry if I didn't make that even more known, but I thought I talked a ton about Devontae Booker on the live stream. Um, but yeah, dude, great lineup. Congrats on the win. Do not kick yourself over this. I would just, you know, for future reference, look at that build. Be like, how could I have done better? How could I have done worse? Whatever. You know, your stack went off and you ran it back perfectly. Love it. Moving on to Grav Matt, our boy. Um, love you, buddy. I love all your participation in Discord. Um, GPP lineup, a losing lineup with Justin Herbert. That's why I thought it was fun to bring this one up. Uh, water break again. Um, Justin Herbert, and he paired him with Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. I'm okay with that, but again, you got to pair him with the number one wide receiver, and that is not Mike Williams right now. That is Keenan Allen. And every article we put out there, love Keenan Allen. So I don't know why you wouldn't have played him. Um, if you want to justify it in Discord, by all means, I love the banter. Um, but just don't, I, I feel like you were just getting different for the sake of getting different. Make it easy on yourself, man. If you play the quarterback, play the number one wide out. And that is Keenan Allen. And all we did was talk about Keenan Allen this week. Uh, running backs of Damian Harris. I get it. I just feel like, you, you know, Carolina's run defense is not that bad. Um, and I don't know if anybody wrote about Damian Harris doesn't really catch passes either. Don't know why he didn't go to Booker there personally. I, I just, I feel like, you know, I, I don't know if this was your mindset. I feel like you were just going through the pricing and you looked at the box score and you saw Damian Harris last week. You saw the touches. You're like, all right, I'm riding that. Um, 
but I, I just wish it would have went to someone that's guaranteed more touches and more active in the passing game as well. But Damian Harris has really good touchdown equity, so I don't hate that play. I just don't know where you got it. Unless it was your gut, then by all means, roll with it, man. Damian Harris could go for 25, 30 points any game of the week, any day of the week with you know two, uh, two touchdown plus type of game and 100 yards. All means. Um, then you play Boston Scott. Uh, I know that was your gut feeling. You know the Eagles more than anybody in our Discord, so I get that. I just, well, I don't get it. I would have never played that guy. I tried saying on the live stream, don't play him. Because, again, if your stack of your core part of your lineup is Herbie, Mike Williams, and Eckler. We talked about Mike Williams, but, again, fine play. That's fine. If they go nuts, Boston Scott does not have a good game script ever. Never, ever, ever is that the proper run back. You know, so again, if you're building your line big, how does this get to the top? Well, at first, let's start with our stack. Herbie, Mike Williams, Eckler. They go nuts. For Eckler to have a game two, it's going to come down to the, the running and the pass catching. So you're really expecting a big day for the Chargers offense if you put Eckler in there, which I did too in some laps. I thought that they'd score a lot more than they did. But your comeback for them is Boston Scott. I will never understand that. And I know you probably are kicking yourself for it too. Um, but that's that's got to be a, a big-time player, some guy that doesn't leave the field, that is Devonta Smith or that's Dallas Goddard, in my opinion, until we know more about this offense. Those are the only two guys that benefit positively if Herbie and Mike Williams and Eckler go nuts. Um, then a one-off Jerry Judy, fine with that. I would have uh, – I thought I really only put him in the article to go against, you know, to pair with Zeke Elliott, so I don't mind the one-off. But uh, when I tell you what you could have had with this lineup, it may um, may bug you a little bit. Nico Collins and Jacecki love that little back and forth. We love that game. We didn't love that game. We liked that game going into the week again because the value. Nico Collins is a great punt play. You didn't have any fat on this lineup besides, well, Boston Scott and Nico Collins. Come on. You look at that, you'd be like, all right, that could be bad. But you could have got off Boston Scott, and we'll get there soon. But I love the, the Nico Collins and Jacecki back and forth. That game just didn't go go to plan and didn't go up pace nothing you could do there but i love that little back and forth good correlation then you went with the raiders d and it looks like you left 400 dollars on the table which i'm all for leaving money on the table that alone is a way to get different but what you could have had instead of damian harris you could have went to nick chubb and that was a core play for us on the live stream core play i'm thinking everybody's article and then obviously i'm going to rant again on Devonte booker i think it was just a big miss that everybody at win daily didn't play this guy in multiple lineups because again it was just way too cheap for a guy that's going to get that much work um then you could have had devonta smith as the run back i already touched on how much i i hate the boston scott play there and then you put could have moved mike williams to keenan allen that would have cost you yeah okay so here's what the actual if you wanted like a damn this is a lot of hindsight too but i think theoretically this makes a lot of sense and you could have got there so you had the Raiders D at 2,900, Damian Harris at 6K, Boston Scott at 5,200. Boston Scott was $700 less than Devontae Booker. Boston Scott has had one good half of football in 2021, and his price was that high. That's absolutely nuts. Like, think of it as buying stocks. You're not about to buy a, a stock at its highest price ever. It's just not going to happen. So that's what you did with Boston Scott. Um, but hopefully this helps you a little bit. Um, then Mike Williams at 7,100 and Jerry Judy at 5K. Combined, that would be $26,600 in salary. This is what I spent my night doing is looking at your lineup and finding a way to um, realistically give you a much better lineup. And what it would have been is disgustingly good. You would have broke the slate. Um, but that's 26 
$1,600. If you went off of Raiders D down to the value of, I don't know if you could afford Jackson or uh, KC, um, but if I worry about defense last when I build my GPP lineups, again, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it depends, I think, is where the ownership is. Um, but I just like that's not, if I like my lineup and then I hate my defense, then maybe I'll move it around. But I do my lineup first. I don't mess with defense until later. Some people probably put their defense in first. That's a great way to get different, too, if you're paying up for defense. But defense is so damn variant. Look at all the teams that scored defensive touchdowns last week or Sunday, yesterday, whatever. So you could have went to Nick Chubb at 6,700 over Damian Harris. You could have went to Devontae Booker over Boston Scott at 5,900. Then you drop Mike Williams down to Keenan Allen, which I wish you would have done. Or if you're playing Mike Williams, play Keenan Allen with it and double sack. But again, you have to have the number one wide out. And then you move Jerry Judy because he was just a one-off. I would have loved Jerry Judy if Zeke was in this lineup, but he wasn't. So I don't really love the Zeke, uh, the Jerry Judy one-off play. I like him as a comeback with a game script of Zeke Elliott's just Eden. And then Jerry Judy gets very active. But a one-off, don't love that as much. Um, you move Judy to Devonta Smith. And... That would give you what we got a little bit more. Yeah, you'd be at 26,800 with Casey's D. So you'd be 200 too expensive to have all that work. But if you drop to Jagsy, I know that's goofy. Like if I would have saw Jagsy in my lap, I probably wouldn't have punched the ticket. But they went nuts for 17 points. So your lineup could have been Herbie, Nick Chubb, Devonta Booker, Devonta Smith. Keenan Allen, Nico Collins, Mike Tusecki, and Austin Eckler, and the Jag Z, and I think you get right around 200 points, and you probably break most single-entry slates this week because it was a low-scoring week. But good build, man. I love you making sure that you got to run back. Again, I would just make sure you tell yourself the theory. How does my main stack get to the top? Because that's all you care about. If they don't have a good day, they don't have a good day. Whatever. We're going to lose sometimes. you got to make peace with that. But if they do... There's no way you could tell yourself Boston Scott is the guy that benefits the best when my quarterback, wide receiver, and running back pairing go nuts. Just no way you could tell yourself that. So, um, but yeah, it was a losing lineup, but it was a really good lineup. I just love to see that, you know, people say, hey, I played Justin Herbert and I didn't smash. How are you getting all the, you know, how's everybody else screenshotting? So it's really realistic. We could have great plays and have some bad plays in the lineup and just not do anything or some bad theories, in my opinion. And that's what kind of ruined this lineup. But, overall you've been crushing it this year too so love you buddy but um last losing lineup we have here is glide love glide too very active in the chat we love all you guys thank you so much for your support and giving me the energy and passion just to do this on my free time that you know to do this podcast is a lot of fun another losing herbie lineup so we had herbie aaron jones zeke jamar chase Keenan Allen and Landry. Let's stop there real quick. First of all, love the Jamar Chase, love the Jarvis Landry back and forth. Again, like uh, Grav Matt, he who had uh, Nico Collins and Jacecki. Great pairing. Game just didn't go up pace too much and didn't really get out, you know, go back and forth in a passing game. So I would never question that pairing. Landry was so cheap. No Odell. I get the play. Jamar Chase, no one's got the upside that guy has right now besides Tyreek Hill, probably. So. Love that little pairing, and uh, a lot of us thought that game would go over the total. I think it ended up going over the total, but, you know, that in-division battle that goes back and forth, that's a really good place to be, wide receiver, wide receiver. Boom, you got it covered. You got both sides of the ball covered. If it shoots out more times than not, that is going to work out in your favor with those two wide receivers. 
Um, the only thing I don't like here is you're like Matt, your run back for Philly on your main stack of Herbie and Keenan Allen was Quez Watkins. Uh, he does benefit in that game script, so I don't dislike it as much as Boston Scott, but you have to go with a key contributor to that offense. Boston Scott's a guy, or uh, Quez Watkins will actually look up his target share. It's got to be under like 13%. It's just a guy that catches a couple deep balls. Maybe it's getting better now, actually, with how many more snaps he's been playing. Seems like Sirianni likes this guy a lot, but let's see what his target share is this year. Sorry. Quez Watkins, 12% target share. That's that's not a run back we could trust. It's just uh, too low of a floor, and, and I don't love it. Uh, Aaron Jones, nothing you could do there. I, I don't. I think if I were to change anything, I certainly wouldn't have changed Zeke. I'm not going to change Jamar Chase and Landry. Certainly not changing Herbie and Keenan. Albert O was your, your run back to Zeke and just a value. It doesn't even matter if Zeke was there. You just took the value, and I like that play. Um, you, you went Raiders D as well. Don't really – we don't need to talk about defense. But I just would have looked at this and be like, okay, Quez Watkins, again, telling that story. How does my lineup get to the top? Well, let's start with Herbie and Keenan because that's my the main focus of my lineup. The quarterback is a huge portion of your DFS lineup. All right, if they go nuts, does Quez Watkins really – like does, his floor is five points. You know, he can certainly go for 20, but he needs to catch a 60-yard touchdown to do that. So – that would be my only critique there is dry, you know, all right, if I want to upgrade Quez to Devonta Smith or Goddard, I don't like to go double tight end very much at all. So let's go to Devonta Smith, the number one pass catcher for Philly. How do I get there? I would have just dropped Aaron Jones down to somebody. I didn't uh, review the actual salaries and everything to see what you missed out on, but you certainly could have went to Booker, could have went to Chubb and upgraded Quez to Devonta Smith, I believe is all were in play there. But I like the Aaron Jones play, man. He was 5% owned. Casey era Green Bay ran the shit out of the ball. They just didn't do very much with it. And Jordan Love posed no threat. Um, but, yeah, that'd be my only critique for you. Yeah, that was a very good build, Glide. You just – my only critique, again, I have one critique for you, probably like three and a half for Matt there. But um, just upgrade Quez Watkins there in that lineup. I think if you look at it for a good five, you know, build your lineup and look at it and tell a story with it. And then if you love it, you're like, all right, this doesn't have very little fat because it didn't have much fat at all. It, Quez Watkins is your fat piece. You're like, one piece of fat, one pump play, whatever you want to call it. That's cool. I'm with it. Alberto, I'm not going to call him a pump play because he was just value that everybody played. And, you know, you know he was going to get five or six points. Water break. But I would just look at that and be like, ah, Quez Watkins could certainly lay an egg like he does most weeks and kill this lineup. That's the only uh, – critique i have for you but um absolutely love you guys participation thanks for sending this over i hope this helps please you know reach out to me on discord twitter whatever you want to do let me know your thoughts on the podcast what else you want to hear and uh i'll try to clean up the language next time but it's you know it's in honor of mike Rosili, um you know doing his thing right now i wish he'd come back and do the monday pod with me but it's the unfiltered monday show at wind daily sports with sticks picks here i greatly appreciate you guys and uh looking forward to a ton of screenshots again uh the last two weeks have been amazing for us so i love it let's get more on week 10 and let's get after it and let's build stronger lives together here and thank you for your time
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.